1: real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: You're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and we're talking Zola.
4: Bitch. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff.
3: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we
4: love to talk all things movies, don't we, Sis?
3: We do. We're going to try and keep <laughs> a straight face while we talk about Zola. Zola follows one bizarre weekend in the life of a waitress who goes on a Florida road trip to dance and party with a new friend, her nameless pimp, and a pitiful boyfriend. It's based on a series of 148 tweets that went viral in 2015. And this story is stranger than fiction.
4: Two things to pull out of that. Bizarre stranger than fiction. Yeah. Goodness me. Zola is directed by Geneza Bravo, who was the winner of Director to Watch at Palm Springs Film Festival. And the film is written by Bravo and Jeremy O'Harris, based on tweets by Isaiah King and a Rolling Stone article by David Kushner.
3: The movie stars Taylor Page, Riley Keough, Coleman Domingo and Nicholas Braun. It's hard to know how much of this story is true or not. According to the Rolling Stone article that this movie was partly based on, Mm -hmm. the creator of the tweets, Isaiah, admitted she had posted and deleted the story twice beforehand and that she embellished a little for the sake of interest and entertainment (laughs) on (laughs) on the one that went viral, so... She knows how to tell a good story.
4: I mean, I'm glad that it's on record that she embellished because Mm. this movie, my God, I had so many questions about this film, (laughs) like so many, Lee. Nothing really added up, but was that the point? Mm. Help me answer that question.
3: It's very obviously a story. Yeah. Okay. It's an entertaining one at that because it takes you on this crazy ride with the protagonist. But yeah, what was the point? (laughs) (laughs) There are so many bizarre details in this movie that just have to be taken from the tweets directly, you know. Mm. Like there's a man sitting on a sun lounger after they're escaping from a shooting and he's just like, have a good time. (laughs) What? the pimp coughing and clearing his throat every time he peed why would you put a detail like that in the film unless it was in the tweets
4: and you called that out when we came out of the screening cuz that was something that i found really fucking weird about the character mm. and you were like they did it twice so it has to be true because why would you go back yeah. to him doing that fuck this And you say weird.
3: you say true in air quotes oh, yeah.
4: did i did i do that subconsciously <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, but everything that is true, air quotes, in this film, you got to take with a grain of salt.
4: Grain of salt, indeed. It was really uncomfortable to watch half the time mm. because it was actually quite confronting. Yeah, and one moment you're laughing, the next you're rolling your eyes, which I did mm. quite a lot, uh, and the next you're terrified for all the characters. So it was yeah. an absolute roller coaster.
3: Really, really was an emotional roller coaster. And what's interesting is that the conventions of storytelling aren't here in this film you know there's no character development no one learns a lesson it's an open-ended embellished version of events and that's much like what social media is I guess that's where the story comes from you know social media isn't real it's a heightened version of your life for the benefit of others and for entertainment value
4: it's a platform for people to embellish their own lives yes
3: which is what this film is I guess
4: yeah When this film was leaning more towards presenting as a dark comedy, Mm. it really worked for me. I loved those Mm -hmm. moments a lot because I get a kick out of dark Mm. comedy. But it kept jumping to really different types of tones and structures Mm. and feelings. And it had me very confused as to what type of film it was trying to be. Mm. Can you put it in a box to say it was this kind of film? No.
3: But again... It's throwing a lot at you, which is what social media is all about, too. All this information coming at you in all different styles and ways. And it's very visually stimulating.
4: I love that that's the take that you've taken out because it makes sense to me now. I've been trying Mm. to make sense of this film. I guess (laughs) we have.
3: (laughs) I guess when you're trying to make sense of it, you can't really make sense of it. But the basic storyline, as we said in the beginning, is that this waitress slash stripper goes down to Florida on a road trip to earn extra cash because these clubs in Florida apparently are full of rich people.
4: Yeah, like she'd make $5,000 a night or whatever she was told. But
3: when they get down there, Mm. things take a dark turn. The clubs don't have that much money in them and then this roommate, in air quotes again, (laughs) is actually a pimp who forces them into sex trafficking basically.
4: So really Zola was taken down to Florida under complete false pretenses yeah tricked dangerous false pretenses might Mm. i add so can we talk about the way that they speak in the film i just want to touch on that yes god i was just quite tired of that because the language of the script was just so unrelatable to me and at the end of it i was just exhausted i found Mm. it really irate and jarring Mm. how did you react to the way they were talking to each other to
3: describe to our listeners The way they speak, I just learned this term, by the way. I don't know how PC it is, but black scent. Yes. Which is culturally appropriating a stereotypical African-American urban youth way of speaking. Mm. Okay. And it's a white girl that does it most of the time. So it's really wrong.
4: Yeah, super, super wrong. There's playing into that cultural appropriation. And I was trying to figure out why I found it so uncomfortable that the character of Stefani, played by Riley Keough, that made me feel so uncomfortable. And you've nailed it on the head there.
3: There's a lot of things that are a bit uncomfortable in this film. For the ride that it is, you know, it it is about sex trafficking. Yes. There's that deeper, darker issue there. Mm. And what I took issue with from this film is that Sex trafficking is a serious, scary issue. Mm. And this film is, uh, I don't want to say glamorous. Glamorous feels like the wrong word, but it's a sparkly portrayal of the events surrounding it. And I think that's a little dangerous.
4: Yeah. This is brings me back to my point about the tone. You say yeah. sparkly and glamorous. Sometimes it does present itself in that way and then other times they're rolling in dirt. And I found that really confusing because, you know, this is a deeply disturbing element of the film, Mm. the whole situation around sex trafficking. And my heart really, really genuinely, of course, breaks for women who are being pimped out against their will and being used and abused physically Mm. and financially as a result, which we see in this film countless times. I mean,
3: it's estimated in 2016 through a Global Estimates of Modern Slavery Report that 4.8 4.8 million people worldwide are forced into sexual exploitation. It's
0: disgusting. It's
3: a huge issue that's not really talked about as much as it should be. Mm. And I think this film really walks the line between glamorous and uncomfortable, mm. but I'm not sure how effectively it did it.
4: Yeah. I mean, this is an underbelly of society that exists. Yeah. You know, sex trafficking. What did you say? 4.2? 4.8? 4.8. Goodness. And it's, it's rampant, obviously, with those figures. Yeah. And I think this film, because it's based on true events, makes you sit up and ask yourself, how the fuck does this happen in Mm. our world? And that really unsettled me a lot.
3: Mm. But let's take that on to the performances. Taylor Page, who is caught in this situation Mm. as Isaiah King, is billed as a relative newcomer. But she's done some TV. Mm -hmm. And she has a lot of talent. She really grounds this wild ride.
4: Yeah, she was captivating in this movie.
3: I just don't think that she was given enough to work with in terms of a character. They rely very heavily on narration Mm -hmm. and she kind of walks around with an incredulous look on her face and gyrates half naked a bit. Her story's mostly told in the voiceover and I just wasn't feeling the journey she went on, but I mentioned that before, I guess. The characters, there's no character development really. Yeah. You know, she goes from good time girl to wary sort of what the fuck is going on. And then stays in that lane for the rest of the film.
4: Yeah. Her performance was excellent. I agree yes, with you. Yes. And I also agree that things didn't quite add up with her character. Because yep. there were moments where her reactions or decisions didn't quite add up. And mm. it's like you ask the question, why didn't she leave? Why isn't she reacting more to things that are mm. happening to her?
3: But maybe that comes back to the unreliability of the story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're portraying that that this story's got holes in it.
4: Yes. My gosh, yeah, a couple of missing tweets. <laughs> um, can I just share an insight into how she prepared for her role? Sure. So she worked as a stripper for about a month uh, on stage mm. and she said that it actually proved both beneficial as research and as a source of income for her. And I quote, I actually really needed the money. I was like, wow. fuck it. Why don't I just go in undercover and see what this is like? I just wanted to have a sense of agency before I left to do the movie Mm. and what better place than working in a strip club where it's eat or be eaten and you certainly get a sense of that in the Mm. film. I didn't want to look like an actor trying to dance and I didn't want to look like a dancer trying to strip. I wanted to look like this person in the given circumstances who works at a restaurant as her character does Mm. and also dances.
3: And isn't that an interesting parallel then between the character in that the character just goes, fuck it. I'm just going to go down here in this dangerous situation. Like she's jumping in the car with two guys. She doesn't know this girl she's just met Mm. to go down to Florida with them.
4: And she's got a boyfriend who I didn't understand that relationship at all because they barely communicated while she was down in Florida. Mm. He was like worried about her, but she was gone for days mm. <laughs> and awful things were happening to her and I don't know why she didn't reach out to him.
3: And she still had her phone. She still had a phone. This is, again, the unreliability of the story, you mm. think. It's a horrible situation and she, she probably really felt trapped because the yes. pimp, yep. known as X in this film, played by Coleman Domingo, mm. was really intimidating.
4: Very intimidating. Very
3: scary, but he never took her phone off her.
4: Yeah, weird.
3: So, why wouldn't you... I mean, it's easy to say what you would do in that situation, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, so easy to say. But very valid point. I just kept going, just text your boyfriend and say, can you get me a flight out of here? God.
4: Can we talk more about Riley Keough?
3: Oh, my goodness. Riley Keough, who is the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley, mm-hmm. granddaughter of Elvis. Thank you very much. She was fantastic. Oh, my God. Flippin' Fantastic. She's outstanding as Stephanie. She's a manipulative girl trapped in a dangerous situation, but you don't know whether she's trapped or she's willingly there. Yeah.
4: She's cunning. She's manipulative, but she's also incredibly vulnerable. And she also had one of the most interesting relationships in the film with her boyfriend. (laughs) Poor guy. Nicholas Braun, who plays Derek. So well as
3: well, we might add.
4: Brilliant. He's just dumb. He's fucking awkward. And it's right up his alley as an actor. I don't know if you've seen him play the character of Greg in HBO's Succession. Yes. Uh, It's parallels to the character there. And I've only recently started watching that series. So, Mm. I got a real kick out of him being in this movie. Yeah. um, And doing some really dumb fucking shit again. (laughs) He's one to watch.
3: He's a hilarious character.
4: But Riley, despite her... Character and her portrayal completely like offensive and unsettling to oh, watch. Oh, yeah.
3: Offensive is a great word. Yeah. She's so offensive.
4: So offensive, but bloody hell, she's amazing in it. Yeah,
3: really, really good. One interesting aspect of this film is the way it is edited mm-hmm. and the stylized choices in it, especially the sound design. And the direction. So there's an interesting use of sound. There's like a beat of a basketball in one scene that's used to punctuate a tense situation. And that's all the sound you hear is just basketball going bang, 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 bang. And it's like a clock ticking almost. Mm, I love that. And that tweet swoosh sound, that iconic sound of a tweet being sent when the mood shifts or there's some subtext going on. You hear that little tweet and you think, oh, yeah, yeah.
4: So, apparently, each tweet sound in the film indicated a direct quote or moment that was taken from the original Twitter thread. Yep. Um, and I like that creative choice. But fuck me, it irritated me to no end, Lee. Just to build on that, mm. the sounds of social media that you mentioned yep. play a pivotal part in the sound design yep. of this film. I found them so annoying annoying. Yeah. reason is because I have my phone on silent like 99% of the time because of the constant sounds Mm -hmm. that, you know, at some point you just can't hear them anymore and I just found them really triggering. Yeah. Yeah, just personally.
3: You know you can turn them off on your phone. Shut up.
4: (laughs) Takes notes.
3: (laughs) There's also a lot of twinkly sounds. I don't really know how to describe that other than to say twinkly and do a little jazz hands with it.
4: I love your spirit fingers. Yeah. They look good.
3: It brings a dreamlike quality to this film and it just adds to the seductive nature of this wild ride that you don't really know whether it's real or not.
4: Interesting that you use dreamlike because I got that feeling. I hadn't found the words. And seductive. Talk to me more how you felt like it was seducing you.
3: Well, this film is really seductive. It pulls you in. And at the same time, you go, what the hell did I just watch? (laughs) But to a certain generation, they will lap that shit up.
4: Yeah. They absolutely will.
3: It's definitely directed at a certain generation.
4: Yeah, probably not ours, <laughs> not speaking on your behalf. Not so much. Uh, now, there are countless really interesting choices being made in this film. And yeah. And it gives a random edge, mm. something I'm not quite sure why they were there, but I felt added to the downright bonkers nature of this story. The kids in the motel balcony repeating over and over the same moves with the basketball. You yes, know, you mentioned I mentioned them, that, yeah. But their movements were the same as well. So, not only repetitive sound, yeah. but they didn't mix up the movements and they were just kind of stuck in the background. It was odd.
3: It was like a metronome, just keeping the beat of that scene and keeping the tension up there. I think it was really effective.
4: Yeah, I agree. And how about this other one? The late night hotel band playing and dancing to God knows what. Mm. You know, this weird hippie type of people in like this conference <laughs> yes. room. Like why were those details there? But I don't know the answer to that, but they stood out for me as a good kind of quirky element of this film.
3: That's one of those things that I wonder whether it was randomly added into the tweets. It was just kind of that extraneous information that was put in the tweets that doesn't serve the story mm. but makes it a bit more interesting.
4: I, I think so. I think yeah. you're right, yeah. yeah. All right, Lee. do we have anything else that we want to chat or should we wrap up Zola?
3: I don't know know if we can wrap it up. I mean, (laughs) I don't know what you just listened to, listeners, but thanks for coming on this ride with us.
4: Thank you, thank you. If anyone can also go and see this film just to help us through this journey, it would be greatly appreciated.
3: (laughs) Oh, man, Tim, I struggled with my rating for this one. Yeah, me too. It's seductively entertaining but it will be polarising for viewers. Mm. Ultimately Zola has everything. It's got drama, it's got humour, it's got suspense, it's got intriguing characters and that's what makes it so interesting. It's all of these things wrapped up in a dazzling snapshot of youth culture, social media and then the way sex intersects with those things and the dangers of it but it walks the line between Problematic and titillating, I think. Mm. It's like watching a rap music video, and it's intended to appeal to the audience that birthed it a modern generation of social media users. But with that comes a responsibility, I think, to address the darker aspects of the subject matter with more nuance. But I'm going to give Zola three and a half popcorn kernels. Wow. Because it's one wild ride, man.
4: (laughs) You won't see a film quite like it, I can guarantee you. Well, I left the cinema asking Lee what we had just watched, and I still have no idea. Zola is an abrasive film. I was absolutely lost most of the time and confused as to what kind of film this was or was trying to be, the tone was all over the shop, which left me dazed and dizzy, if you couldn't tell from this (laughs) review. Despite its utterly compelling origins as a story, solid performances and some interesting creative choices, this isn't my kind of film. So I'm going to rate Zola to Popcorn Kernels.
3: There you have it, guys. Zola is in limited Australian cinemas from November 18.
4: All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening.
3: We'll catch you next time.
4: Come and join in on the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.